You're not going to believe this. Luke and I both just got flagged for roughing the passer. Oh, it <laughs> happened again. It <laughs> happened again. But before we get to that, we'll also discuss Matt Rule being ruled out in Charlotte. Yes, it's a twofer for you. We got all that and more on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, football fans? And welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, where I task myself every Tuesday to come up with the worst, best cold open. I can to infuriate my <laughs> lovely co-host angry <laughs> to infuriate my co-host Luke Braun. We are here with you. Thank you very much as always for making us your first listen of the day every day here on Locked on NFL where your one-stop shop for all of your all the biggest stories around the NFL National Football League in less than 30 minutes part of Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. It's Tuesday, so Luke Braun and I, your Locked on NFL experts are back together. Luke, I haven't seen you since London. It's been a little mm-hmm. bit. So very yeah. excited to be able to be here with you today for another episode, which is brought to you today by our friends over at Bet Online. We'll tell you more about them later, but hey, you know, Bet Online's got all that you need in terms of the odds, lines, and props, more than you could ever ask for over at Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Luke, let's start off here with uh, Matt Rule. Carolina Panthers firing Matt Rule after an abysmal start to their season and really an abysmal 38 games where he came out 11 and 27 during that time. I think it's pretty easy to say that Carolina Panthers made the right decision here. And if you listen to Julian Council, Locked on Panthers, way too late. Way uh, too and late. a lot of Panthers people, way too late. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, it seemed pretty clear that the Matt Rule thing wasn't working as a coach. He's a college coach. Some people are college yep. coaches. It's way different to coach 19-year-olds than 29-year-olds. <laughs> uh, it's just different groups of people to lead maturity wise and all that. They have different needs, different leadership. Um, and it's a different world in college when you can kind of be, you know, the, the, the college coach is something of a revered demigod and the NFL coach is more a cog in the machine, uh, with a lot of other parts around them. Obviously that's an oversimplification, but I think that's where Matt rule belongs. And it seems if you look at the bet online odds, that's going to be where he heads uh, most of the favorite. I think him ending back up in the NFL is 33 to 1 for Ben Online. So. Yikes. <laughs> He's going back yeah, to college. Yeah, I believe it's Nebraska, Auburn, and then Wisconsin up at the top, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I believe it's right so. at the top. So, yeah. Yep. So that didn't work at all. And the Panthers are a lot worse than when he got there. They have some digging out of this to do, and they really it's been a rough couple of off seasons, weird drafts, weird quarterback stuff. Um, they are in a weird spot, and I think whoever gets there next is going to have some immediate fires to put out and some rebuilding to do as much as this feels like a rebuilding year for Carolina. It's like a rebuilding year that's beginning more rebuilding years. Yeah, uh, I think Sean Payton will be fine. He'll be fine in Carolina. <laughs> it's all gonna be okay. Oh we'll see. We'll We're see not how going it for goes. Steve Wilkes. He's got like a 13 <laughs> game interim tryout here. 12. Yeah, he's got a big time left. audition. That's for sure. Uh, the the thing that I think worries me about about 
his opportunity here is that like he doesn't have the quarterback. I mean, not that Matt Rule had a quarterback either. Baker Mayfield was awful to start the season, but now Baker Mayfield's injured. You don't have Sam Darnold. You're having to go to PJ Walker, who's technically undefeated as a starter, but not Next, really gonna. That's Houston not gonna Roughnecks legend. Yeah, right. That's not gonna you know end up really helping you moving forward, really helping uh, Seahawks case. So they'll go to the coaching cycle, I think, for sure. I don't think this is going to be like one of those Rich Passaccia moments where you get like really excited about what the interim did and then disappointed when yeah. they go somewhere else. I don't think he's going to get much of an opportunity here. You don't think the, the Panthers are going to turn it around and make the playoffs? Man, listen, if they did, if they did, then uh, the only thing I could say is you sign Steve Wilkes to a lifetime contract Anything's right now. possible in this yeah. NFC. That's true. That's true. I mean, we saw for a little while what the entire NFC West two and two going into the season. NFL record most teams at two and two going into week five this season ever. So it was pretty cool to see all of that. Yeah. But yeah, so everything's possible within the NFC. Everything's possible within the NFL. But I don't know if I see this one really working out. No. Um, we know that Matt Rule is very likely going to be back to the college ranks. I jokingly talk about Sean Payton, although it's not impossible. I mean, the Carolina Panthers are one of the few teams that are going to be in search of a head coach this offseason at this moment that have a plethora of first round picks and first round selections. Do you think that there's another name to watch in terms of the Carolina Panthers head coaching search? Maybe it's uh, 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 D'Amico Ryans, who, you know, showed out big time last weekend over the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, you look at the names that were in the the cycle before D'Amico Ryans, Raheem Morris. Um, mm, Raheem Morris. Yeah, all, all of those guys. I think Sean Payton's an interesting one. There's always one or two guys from the college <laughs> ranks that want to make the uh, the the leap up. But mm-hmm. it also kind of depends um, who's the offensive coordinator in Buffalo right now who's getting a ton of good press because Brian Dable left and the Bills got better. I think the name is escaping me, but I got you. Uh, whoever I got that you. is. It is. Is it Ken Dorsey? No. Yes. Yes. Ken Dorsey. No? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah Ken Dorsey. Yeah. I got it. I got a, it. A lot of really great stuff from there, from Buffalo. Um mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier is another one um, who was, you know, these guys that got interviewed. Yeah, before. for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see exactly who gets plugged in over there and an NFC South that's only going to get weaker moving forward, right? Tom Brady, this is probably his last year. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are, you know, they just traded away Deion Jones. They're in a full rebuild mode. If the Saints continue in the trajectory that they're on right now, Yes, they got the win this past week against Seattle, but they could be heading for a bit of a retool or rebuild over the course of this offseason as well as much as their, uh, you know, as much as their situation will allow them to be. So there's a good opportunity there for a, a, a head coach that shows up and maybe, you know, takes on a, a really good defense there. I talked about D'Amico uh, Ryan's yes, uh, last week to the Carolina yeah. Panthers is the place that makes sense. You've got, got Brian Burns. Oh yeah. You've got Brian Burns there. You've got um uh the young safety and Jeremy Chin, JC Horn, CJ Henderson, um 
uh, uh, Dante Jackson. Like you have these really good defensive pieces that are there that you can continue to build on over the course of your your time, and then you get somebody that's as creative with all of these schemes and and, and situations like Miko Ryan's is that's as aggressive as he is. The guy has a demeanor of a head coach. He has all of that, and I think you know you it could be a match made in heaven. Uh, between the two, uh, we have our locked on Bears host, um, Lauren Cox, in the chat today. Anything is hey, possible. Helps to play the, the Bears. The Vikings are four and one. <laughs> helps to play the Bears. Yeah, for That's, real. Love to get a freebie. Uh, <laughs> the the thing, if I remember the thing with Ryan's and the reason he didn't take uh, jobs, because he was one of the finalists for the Vikings job. And mm-hmm. if I remember, he didn't do the final interview. He felt a little bit like I want another year. Yeah, he like didn't feel ready, um, which is t- super fair. Um, mm-hmm. That I might be misremembering that. You'd have to ask the lock on 49ers guys for sure. But that's what I recall from that. But either way, maybe Carolina can turn the page and start to build something real again, because right now they are anything but anything. But they do not rule, as you would say. Um, if you want more potential rule puns and. Uh, information on Matt Rule, who's going to be the next Carolina Panthers head coach, which you need to know about Steve Wilkes. Make sure you're checking out the Locked on Panthers podcast hosted by Julian Council, available free in all platforms as well as YouTube uh, every single Monday through Friday. Coming up next, we're going to dive into this Monday night football game. The Kansas City Chiefs pull off a thriller, but was it the two-point conversion decisions that decided this one and NFL officiating is horrible. We'll get to all of that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked in NFL. But before we get there, I have the great pleasure to tell you about our friends over at Tommy John. Now, I'm not talking about the surgery. That would be weird. What I'm talking about instead are your pants. Our friends, the pitcher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> our friends, the pitcher procedure. No, we're talking about your pants, y'all. Talking about your pants. You got to be ready for everything. And to be ready for everything, you need underwear that can handle everything. That's why it's time for you to check out Tommy John underwear. Tommy John underwear, you're that much comfortable that you can do anything better. I can, I can, I have a story to go with this. I wore a pair of Tommy John underwear not so long ago. I have a lot of Tommy John stuff. I've got underwear, I've got sleep pants. I've also got a sleep shirt, like a, like a sleep thermal. That's really nice. Uh, I put on the underwear for the first time, jumped over a building. Can't tell me it's not true. So make sure you go and check out Tommy John uh, because you're not going to be able to name a better pair of underwear out there. And if you can, you're lying. You're an absolute liar. Uh, With over 17 million pairs sold, people love Tommy John underwear. And that's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics like myself jumping over buildings. Uh, Plus, everything is backed by Tommy John's best pair that you'll ever wear. It's free guarantee. Go to TommyJohn.com slash locked on right now so you can get 25% off of your first order. That's 25% off at TommyJohn.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Once again, that's TommyJohn, T-O-M-M-Y-J-O-H-N.com slash locked on. See site for details. All right, everybody, continuing on with this episode of Locked On NFL. It's Tuesday here, so we're going to be chatting. We're going to be chatting about some Monday night football, but don't forget to go and check out NFL key predictions as well, right here on the Locked On NFL feed. Whether you're listening on the podcast side or you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to get every single Friday 
all the stories, the biggest things that you need to know from all the local experts covering the five biggest games of the week and all of the betting analysis that you need from the leaders in betting at Bet Online, who we'll tell you a little bit more about a little bit later. Once again, that is right here on the Locked On NFL YouTube page, Locked On NFL podcast, wherever you take it in every single Friday, NFL Key Predictions. Uh, Luke, it feels like two-point conversions are just becoming more and more and more a part of the game every single week. For sure. Was that the deciding factor in what was a really exciting Monday night football game? No, the deciding factor was Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams running into each other downfield on a fourth That'll and one do that you it. decided to throw a bomb on. Like, I don't know. That's a <laughs> wild, a wild decision and a wild play call. Because that was like sometimes you call a regular play and then there's like an alert or that, you know, somebody busts a coverage and you go deep on that. No, that seemed like it was like a, a shot play. No, yeah, they bonkers. called that. <laughs> yeah, bonkers. But the the two point conversions, I think <laughs> It's really hard to get people to like think probabilistically about them. So I mm-hmm. went back and forth with a couple of people on Twitter about it too. I like the decision on both sides to go for two points. The Chiefs are up seven, kick an extra point to go up eight, or go for two to make it a true two score game. Easy Analytics choice. usually doesn't like going for it there. They mm-hmm. will see, I think of like being up eight as up like a score and a half because getting that two point conversion is pretty hard. It's a 50 50 shot. Um, so it's kind of like being up a score and a half. And so they say like, yeah, extra point to be up a score and a half usually is going to be better than a 50 50 chance to be up two scores. I don't mind it in a game like that, because if you kick the extra point, then give up a touchdown. The Raiders are going for a two point conversion. And the, the alternative to me is either I'm going for one with Patrick Mahomes or I'm trying to defend one against an offense that has now put up 30 on me. Right. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes, right? 100 percent might be different on a if I've got a struggling offense or something. And that's going to be where that calculus is to me. The Mm -hmm. Raiders going for it. To me, it's the same decision as if you did it at the end of the game. Um, Mm. They had four and a half minutes left, but with like more cushion because you have a little bit of time. You can get a stop, go down, try to have a field goal drive, right? Their field goal drive didn't work. But the fact that they had that opportunity feeds into the decision. Um, But without that, it's kind of functionally turns out the same. You, You are down a touchdown. You score. You're down 29 to 30. And let's say there's two seconds left well some coaches will go for it because they like their chances better on that one play than they do to stop patrick mahomes in overtime right um that or be down to a coin flip to stop patrick mahomes in overtime Mm -hmm. so i get it i am really sympathetic to it um and i honestly the way like when you're in a game like that where both offenses are humming i want the game in the hands of mine not in the hands of yours that's what it comes down to for me Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I think that like we've seen this decision made at the end of games before. We've seen the Raiders do it before. The Raiders did it against the Saints back in like 2015. I think Jack Del Rio was the coach at the time. And it was like the opening week of the season. They go to Michael Crabtree in the back of the end zone on a two-point conversion. And that ends up winning them the game. So we've seen it work with this very same franchise the opposite way. And everybody said it was a genius play call. I don't think that there's anything here that's much different from Josh McDaniels. I do think, though, that... If you look at fourth and one and say, you know what no one will expect us to do? Take a shot downfield. So let's yeah. draw up a shot play. There's a reason why no one expects you to do that, Josh, because it's the wrong choice. It's so a like, bad I, idea. I, it's a bad <laughs> idea, man. And so like, I, I think of that one as uh, of greater detriment than the 
that play calling decision, if you want to harp on one as a, a different or, or as a greater detriment than the coaching decision of going for two with four minutes left. I also think that like, look, you get down to, you get down the field and, you know, Devontae Adams secures that catch as opposed to bobbling it before he gets the second foot down, which was a big yeah. sort of stink at the end of the game as well. You know, took a lot of time to like look that over and make sure that they got that right. Like that, that's another one too, to where like you actually executed everything you needed to execute. You just had, one of the better receivers in the NFL bobble the ball for half a second. And that's what it takes in the NFL for to be the difference between not attempting a field goal Mm -hmm. and attempting a field goal. And unfortunately that just didn't bounce the right way for them. And too often with these two point decisions, it happens every time. If the, if you go for a two point and you don't get it and it turns out, you know, to matter, um, what you'll always hear is the comparison of what happened versus an extra point, not what happened versus what could have happened if you got it right. Good point. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, you know, well, now they were behind and the Chiefs could just kneel it instead of going for the field goal. Well, if they had gotten it, if they had gotten the two <laughs> right, the Chiefs wouldn't have been able to, you know, run the ball and play clock. They would have had to play defense differently. They would have that would have been way harder if you got it. Right? right. So you're not really comparing it to the like you have to compare the middle between getting it, not getting it, whatever you think the middle of that is, if you want to call it a 50-50 shot, which the percentages are a little lower, but whatever. Um, Compare the average of those to going for the extra point. You can't compare the worst outcome with the extra point. (laughs) That that would be like comparing going for it with, well, what if you go miss the extra point? Like, it'd be totally unfair, right? right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see that sometimes, too, in a different conversation. I mean, you look at the Baltimore Ravens a few weeks ago. Yeah, they're going for Uh, fourth down. Same idea. Yeah, right. And what are you comparing the Lamar Jackson interception to? You're not comparing it oftentimes to if they actually score the touchdown. You're comparing it to, well, what if they would have taken a field goal instead? That's so often what you hear a lot of the talking heads and pundits and here we are as talking heads you know doing you know that's what you hear a lot of those like conversations and comparisons being when really i like lauren cox's point from lockdown bears when he was here with lockdown nfl last week where he spoke about like yeah look if you're going to give me the opportunity to put the ball in the hands of my mvp caliber quarterback i'm going to do that every single time that's exactly what the kansas city chiefs did today with patrick mahomes that two-point conversion as you described not necessarily what Josh McDaniels did with Derek Carr, but you get the idea. Like it's the same thing. Like just like you said, if we've right. got and all these offenses in of their humming, Holmes's hands, right? Good point. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're playing the exact counter to that, right? You're saying yeah. I'm going to take control of this game as opposed to giving this guy the opportunity to you know go to overtime and then take it, you know, put it back in his hands. So if you have yeah. the option here of taking the lead and getting a potential win off of it because your offense is is in a better situation or your offense is going well, which both offenses I thought were kind of often firing after the first half, really after the first quarter. I mean, Travis Kelsey, yeah, just scored another touchdown. Like the guys, you know, it was, it was like outstanding, these guys. So, One you, your fantasy game for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, imagine, imagine everybody that started the tight end tandem this week of Travis Kelsey and Taysom Hill. And how very, very happy they are. All one of you. <laughs> Nobody's letting you do tight end Taysom Hill. <laughs> hey, 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 Sleeper. Sleeper lets me uh, use him oh, as boy. My, my, my flex and as my tight end. And um, Here's what I'll say for the Raiders. Because I know Raiders fans are going to be mad. They look better than one in form. And this they is really the only do. Raiders game I've seen. So maybe this was different than the other games. But just going off of this one. 
they look better than one and four. And that means there might be a turnaround in them. One and four is a pretty hard hole to dig out of, especially in that division. Um, but hey, the Broncos are a catastrophe. So at least that's not as hard as you thought. Yeah. And uh, it's, they, they look, but there's more to hang your hat on there, right? Whether yeah. or not you make the playoffs this year, first year of a new head coach, there's more to hang your hat on there. Um, and I, I don't think it needs to all be doom and gloom, but it yeah. may have all been doom and gloom for the Chiefs when they were down 17-0 in this one, made the comeback to go all the way back, make this game close all the way. And here's the deal. BetOnline.net is your one-stop shop for uh, all things sports betting. You can bet on games, spreads, player props, all that good stuff. My favorite thing is the live betting because when the Chiefs go down 17-0 against the Raiders, it is all but a foregone conclusion that they will come back. It's the Chiefs. They are as inevitable as Thanos. So you can maybe go on a bet online, go to their uh, live betting module and just watch. Just wait and see if you can catch that peak. I got in on them at plus 210 uh, and I got a spread bet on them earlier in the game as well. Won all of that. That is the kind of fun thing you can do at betonline.net. You can bet on all kinds of other sports as well. There's all sorts of variety. Bet online where the game starts. Like Ron out here just casually bragging about like rigging the system, taking advantage of the system over with the live, live betting. betting. It's so much more it. fun to live bet. I feel it's just I love it's it. awesome. Like I love just like watch. It's like you're watching a stock market. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Does stock that make me sound market. sound cool. No. Yes. So cool. <laughs> but did I say no. First? Am I cooler? <laughs> Am I cooler than a referee? <laughs> yes, you are. And speaking okay. of. We appreciate y'all very much as always. Make a Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you're also checking out your favorite Locked On local shows as well. Locked On Vikings, Locked On Saints, just to throw a couple out there. Um, we do this every week, Luke. We take a look in our final sort of moments of the show. The biggest yike of the week. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy to say there's two pretty clear ones. So usually you pick one, I pick one, but I think we're on the same page in terms of what these are. So let's just break them down individually. And let's start off with NFL officiating here because roughing the passer and NFL officiating had such a bad week that Matt Rule got fired and probably had a better weekend. It's been that bad. Tom yeah, Brady. Matt Rule's getting 40 mil to chill. He's doing fine. Yeah. He's NFL officiating fine. is gonna it's gonna have to worry about threats to their home. Yeah, some of these guys are gonna lose their part-time job out here. So, you know, it's like the <laughs> the thing that's <laughs> the problem. Oh the no, my 20 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with NFL officiating is not a new one. Right. I think you and I can both speak from very educated sides on all of this. It it has been it's been a problem for never a while. seen blown pass interference calls <laughs> in my life. Never once in a particular stadium. Right. But this um this rough in the passer thing is it's bad, bad. Like it's it's down bad. Like it's really, really upsetting because you have like Grady Jarrett grabbing and wrapping up um Tom Brady and literally like sitting him on his lap and rolling him over. Uh, uh, <laughs> Asking him what he wants for Christmas. Right, right. Like an NFL media person that I spoke to about this said, Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady the way that I would want him to catch my newborn baby if I dropped it. <laughs> 
And he got oh, a flag man. for roughing the passer. Like, who was the passer and where was the rough NFL? And a Jerome Boger was asked about it after. Yeah, I'm coming for you, buddy, by name. Uh, was asked afterwards in a pool report like about it. He just described the sack. <laughs> like, that's all that he did. That's Yeah, it's a lot rougher when the quarterback still has the ball and it's a sack. Because when you see any other tackle, it's get him down however you can. And a sack, there's like rules to how you can and can't get him down. Yeah. And especially with bigger players, um, which are less common in the league today. But think about like a Carson Wentz, right? A bigger player yeah. that might be able... To, to get out of that grasp if you're trying to be like too careful about how you lay them down. It seems mm-hmm. like, well, what are defenders supposed to do? That particular, there is a rule for like that kind of grab and slam them down. If you're, if you're suplexing, you're slamming a quarterback yeah. down with, with additional force, that is roughing the passer and, and it should be. There's a reason for that. This is not an example of that. A better example of that happened in Monday night to Patrick Mahomes and went unflagged. I can only assume he's not old enough to get that call. <laughs> yeah, like what's the threshold here for NFL officiating to actually make 27, this call? 27, 26. <laughs> got to be. It's got to yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's the 30s. Um the <laughs> like I could get that call. I could get that call, you know. Um you? the the uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I won't. That's a good point. It's a good question. Maybe I couldn't get that call, Luke. That's a very good question. Depends um, on what they mean by old. Yeah. Um, the the other one that we saw was Chris Jones, who took the ball away from Derek Carr and got called for roughing the passer when Derek Carr didn't even have the ball in his hands anymore. Right. And I get that they, maybe they were doing like the the – Body weight Rogers thing. Body weight rule, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't, I mean, he put the left hand down. He kind of got the hand down there. You saw that there was no intent to further injury, no intent of excessive force, anything like that. And again, he had the ball in his hands <laughs> before that, the, the, like, that's the other piece to me is like, do, should that have just been tacked on to the end of the turnover, basically? Like, Chiefs get possession, but they get backed up because of unnecessary roughness because he took the ball away before the penalty would have happened. That's a very good point. Yeah. I could see that being uh, a possible solution for that particular situation, although mm-hmm. it's a little niche and it doesn't drive at the crux of the problem, which is that, that body weight thing probably shouldn't be a foul unless there's something egregious. Right. That's where it is to me. And that that was has been a rule since Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone, happened in U.S. Bank Stadium, um, and that has been a rule ever since. And to prevent that exact kind of injury, and that's a noble cause. Let's try to prevent that kind of injury. But you're asking a 350-pound guy to contort himself and roll off in midair? Right. Intent here, and you're driving somebody really down, you know, and you're really slamming them. Like, I I think there needs to be more emphasis on, are are you really being needlessly physical here versus did you come down at the wrong angle? You're not going to have any control over that. These are split-second moments. And I, the the bracing thing, which is part of the text of the rule, I guess, of roughing the passer. Yep. If you quarterback brace with his arm, that's where it gets dangerous, and so that's where you do the foul. Um, but that's something that I, along with most of the watching public, I would imagine, learned about today. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Be part of it. Yeah. That that feels like it gives the quarterback control over whether or not there's a penalty on him. Right. That's what it feels oh, like. I just stick and my I, hand in the dirt on my way down. and Yeah. And oops, your sack is now a 15-yard a penalty first down us. 
Um, that feels like something a little too exploitable. Not that Derek Carr did, but he could have. And if you know, if you if you're fast enough about it, or if you can fight it for long enough to go down the right way, like is that going to be the world we start living in? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's just it just wasn't a physical enough play to warrant that. And I feel like although it introduces a layer of subjectivity, I would rather have a layer of subjectivity than an objective rule that often goes against the spirit of roughing the passer. Right. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. These referees in the NFL, first of all, like NFL officiating seriously, like employ these people, like give, make them full-time employees, get this right, get, find some way to establish some accountability. Everything like like, right now there's a reason to care. Like right now, like these, there's just no accountability at all when it comes to, comes to this kind of stuff. And we see that week in and week out. And it's it's kind of ruining the NFL brand. I mean, it's the one thing that gets complained about every single week. And I understand mm-hmm. the NFL is also trying to play catch up on the uh, concussion protocols and things like that. And so they might be more, there might be penalties that are more sensitive because that's the only thing that the NFL is actually willing to adjust are the things that have human error attached to them because it's easier to excuse those mistakes. But you're ruining it, man. You're ruining it at this point. Um, okay, next big yike of the week to wrap us up. Um, Luke, why don't I let you take this? Because I, yeah. I know it's Matt Rule, but it's something very specific about Matt Rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yike number one officials. Yike number two goes to Matt Rule for micromanaging his social media team. Oh, the social media team. Look, I I can't say that I am free of sin. I've been part of a social media team before. I've had similar jobs and I've dealt with micromanagers at that jobs with big enough names that uh, you can't really argue with them. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Uh, TNP thoughts and prayers to the <laughs> Carolina Panthers social media team. I'm Absolute glad chat. you're out from under this. Absolutely. Chat. <laughs> uh, that you're the head football coach. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you in that room for? You shouldn't care at all. Like it's one thing like the football side wants to have control over like the social media side to make sure they're not like divulging the wrong thing or to make sure they don't show a clip that reveals too much or something like that. that's one thing. Right. But it sounds as though he was actually like heavily involved in that. And it kind of makes sense as Matt rule who thought was of himself as like a culture guy. Yeah, I'm like, we're going to, you know, I, the the way that we present ourselves is part of our culture as well. So I'm going to be involved in it. And it's like, go to a college if you just want carte blanche to yell at whoever you want. Go to Nebraska. Nobody cares about you there. Like, that's a black hole that you can disappear into. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really, really rough. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's been a really, really rough transition to the NFL for Matt Rule from the collegiate ranks. And I don't just mean that by, you know, a bad record or anything like that. Like that just simply just not made it, for the pros. Yeah, it just feels like everything kind of went wrong there. So, yeah, Scott Frost is out in Nebraska. Now you had an opportunity head yes. over to and, head over to Nebraska Get and defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator in Carolina. Out That's right. Well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so total clearing of the, of the house. Lots of interim names for the last three quarters of the season. Woof, boy, that's going to be some bad football in Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, it already was. It already was Panthers. some bad football in Charlotte. Imagine losing that Carolina Panthers team. <laughs> Could be my team. Yeah. Do they play them? Uh oh. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, be careful now. Be careful. Now. <laughs> 
Let's get out of here before I say anything else is going to get me in trouble. (laughs) Steve Wilkes and and, and PJ Walker, they're coming for you, Luke. All right. Well, it was another fun episode here at Locked on NFL. We will be back with you for more tomorrow. But, of course, you'll catch Luke and I here every Tuesday and – or every Tuesday. I almost said Tuesday and Thursday. That's literally never been a thing. We've only (laughs) ever been here on Tuesday. I did a Thursday a couple weeks ago. There you go. That might be what I'm thinking of. But we appreciate y'all very much for being here. John O'Barnes, my guy, says great show, guys. Good show, guys. I appreciate it. See how I elevated the compliment a little bit? I said great show, guys. Yes. At least one person enjoyed it. (laughs) We're so grateful. We're so grateful. All right. We will see y'all again here soon. We appreciate you very much for coming through. Make sure you make your second listen today, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Be back with Tony and James tomorrow here for Wednesday's Locked in NFL, as I'm sure they'll continue to carry Matt Rule and probably more weirdness around his social media or something like that uh, here throughout the rest of the week. So make sure you're tuning in all throughout the week, making us your first listen of the day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.